Welcome everybody to Exploration Marriage. This is a pre-wedding, post-wedding podcast where we explore the tough subjects pertaining to marriage and the success of long-term relationships. This is the first episode of Exploration Marriage. And so before we go any further, I'd like to do a quick introduction. My name is Kenny and sitting beside me is my lovely co-host and wife. Kenzie. Kenzie. And we are really happy to, uh, to be doing this, to be talking about the subject of marriage, which is something that, of course, we're very familiar with. <laughs> very. <laughs> so um, for those of you who are just uh, listening or just joining us, um, again, this is a, a pre-wedding, post-wedding podcast that's going to talk about subjects that are pertaining mostly to marriage, uh, prior to walking down the aisle and things that, uh, are, are going to take place throughout the course of your marriage. And, uh, today we are going to be talking about one of the bigger subjects, which is major conversations to have before you walk down the aisle before getting married. And, um, look, I, I know a lot of people, tend to kind of jump into marriage very quickly. Um, and, and I don't think it's actually too common for people to sit down and actually have conversations about all of the subjects that we're going to be talking about today. And they might not also know which subjects they should be talking about. Right. And I mean, if you're young, it, it's not like you're, you're really focused on all of these things, but I mean, technically people should be, they should be thinking about this. They should be, should be thinking about how, uh, their, their lives together are going to, are going to work. Right. So this is what we're going to be talking about today. The major questions or the major conversations that you should be having prior to walking down the aisle with your significant other. We have about five of those. So five, five five main, like big topics. And some of those are going to be they're, they're going to have, you know, other subtopics. And I believe one of them that we're going to talk about could honestly, we, I think we've decided could be a show all for itself, you know, so that'll be something that we go into a little bit more detail about later on down the line. But I think for now, we're just going to kind of dive into it and we're going to start with the biggie, the biggie. And that is finances, finances. So I think it's pretty common in most marriages where there is major strife, a lot of that major strife is born of financial issues. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that has to do with poor communication, people not talking to one another, people not expressing their opinions or their feelings to one another. And I do believe that this is a topic of conversation that people are, are probably uncomfortable having prior to getting married. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, finances are a big deal and there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that need to be discussed. And some of those subtopics that we're going to be looking at are going to be joint bank accounts, joint bank accounts. What else? Budgeting, budgeting, excessive spending, excessive spending and debts and debts. And I don't know why I'm copying everything you're saying, but these are some, some major topics. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of subcategories. There's going to be other things that we can kind of include and talk about under that, under that major category. Um, 
But these are kind of the big ones, right? Before you walk down the aisle, these are things that you need to discuss. These are things that you need to know and that you and your significant other need to agree upon. All right. So without further ado, let's get into the first, let's get into the first topic. Uh, definitely joint bank accounts that needs to be brought up and discussed. Joint bank accounts. So let me ask you this, Kens. What do you feel is the significance of having a joint bank account versus having two, two, uh, two different bank accounts? Well, there's no secrecy. You're holding each other accountable, which is a very big and in trust. Exactly. I mean, trust in marriage is, uh, it's a big deal. Um, and I don't think for us, I don't think there was ever any hesitation as far as putting our, our resources together, putting our money together when we got married. But I know that there are a lot of people out there who have a little bit of reservation about jumping into a joint bank account with somebody else. And I think part of the reason is because people are unsure of their partner's spending habits, or maybe they know that their partner is a bit excessive when it comes to spending right? and they don't want that fallout touching the money that they're bringing into the bank account. Right. Um, so it, the trust issue is definitely a big one. I, I, I think that we can, we can both agree on that. Right. Right. And marriage for all intents and purposes is a union. It's, it's taking two individuals and putting them together as one. Right. So, you're not individuals anymore. You're, you're one single unit. You are a partnership, you're a team, however you want to call it. And all of the money that's coming in to that household to pay the bills, to pay the mortgage, to spend on frivolous things all come from a singular income, essentially. Right. It's going towards things together, not very much one or the other person. Right. And it's, it's kind of hard to know what someone is spending their money on when it's not all in the same. Yeah. When it's not all in the same area and it's not being talked about. So I guess the point that I would make here is that, you know, being an individual in a marriage really doesn't work out too well. And having separate bank accounts can lead to more trouble down the line. If someone begins to suspect that the other person is spending money uh, either in excess or in places where they probably shouldn't be spending the money. Right. It's just good. It's good for the, it's good for the relationship. It's good for trust. It's good for the marriage to have those all in the same place. Yeah. And that's kind of with excessive spending too. You can see what the other person is spending their money towards or bringing into the household. Right. I mean, and it's like you said, initially, it's all about honesty. It's about openness. It's about, you know, knowing what's going on with the other half. Right. Yeah. So it's extremely important. And if you know you're not good with money and you know you're a big spender or you go out and spend your money on stupid little things, then it's good to have somebody who can see that and hold you accountable for what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what Kenzie does with me. I, I do not consider myself to be very um, uh, frugal. That's the word. I don't consider myself to be very frugal when it comes to spending money. I oftentimes, you know, I, I get these urges, these itches that I, I feel I need to scratch and I'll go out and I'll, I'll make a, a purchase that maybe I probably shouldn't. And she has always been there to kind of, hey, Maybe next time, would you please talk to me about this before you go and, and spend that kind of money? 
And it's really kind of helped me rein in my behavior over the years and gives me pause when I, when I want to make a big, uh, expenditure. And I, I really do try to bring it up to her before I actually do go in and spend that money. Yeah. Make those decisions together. And look, I, I mean, if nothing else, this forces communication in a relationship. And if anybody knows anything, it's that communication is what drives a relationship forward. Right. It's about being open and honest. It's about being able to talk to one another and, and share those Challenges. Yeah, those challenges together. So the first thing is going to be discussing whether or not you are going to want to have a joint bank account with your significant other. And if if not, then the, the discussion needs to be had as to how you're going to proceed both with individual bank accounts, whether or not, you know, your partner or your significant other is going to have access to your bank account to at least look at what you're spending your money on or how that's going to play out Uh, to each their own. That is a decision that is totally up to you and far be it from us to tell people what they need to do. But what we are saying is that it is smart to have that conversation well beforehand. Right. And I think with that, another thing to talk about is budgeting, budgeting. You need to sit down, figure out where your bills are going to figure out how much you want to set aside for spending, for saving, for trips, Whatever it is that you plan on spending your money on, you need to sit and have a discussion about it. Absolutely. Budgeting is a, it's a fairly serious issue, especially early into a marriage, especially a marriage of younger individuals who may not be well-established, who may not have a lot of money, who may not have gone down this road before. Or who have always struggled with money and money management. Right. Absolutely. I, I definitely recommend that anybody who is, is young and we're talking like early twenties, uh, possibly even into your thirties. If, if this is your first marriage, I would definitely go with your, with your partner, uh, with your spouse, with your significant other, however you want to say it and go do a little bit of financial counseling. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person because you're seeking help. It, it means that you're, you're interested in, in fixing a problem before it even happens. And, and to learn how to manage your money properly, it's going to save you a lot of grief. heartache and grief in your marriage, right? Right. So there are plenty of ways that you can do that. There's plenty of ways that you can seek out financial advice. Uh, there are different different uh, different organizations that offer financial counseling. You can do uh, the Dave Ramsey um, set of you know, lessons and stuff. They, I mean, there, there are plenty of different methods and, and ways for you to get that financial counseling, but we, de- we definitely recommend it. It helps. Um, for budgeting though, you need to sit down. And again, this is, this is going to come back to, you know, money that's being brought into the house and you have to have an honest conversation about needs and wants, especially those younger married couples who aren't used to having a lot of bills and, and maybe a mortgage or rent or other things, you know, I, I know that seems kind of archaic and maybe a little stone agey, but um, there are people out there that, you know, they don't get married until they leave their mom and dad's house. Right. And that's the first time that they've ever lived on their own or with someone else. And so they may not have a great idea of what it takes to survive out there financially. So sitting down and creating a budget, it's going to let you know, this is how much we need to spend on food. This is how much we need to put towards our bills and this is how much we need to put in savings and so on and so forth or to go towards debt or to go towards debts. 
And, and that's a that's another big one. Yeah, that's something you need to be upfront and honest about. So you don't want that surprise on you sitting and waiting to get approved for a car or a mortgage loan and then bam, declined. Yeah, then the rug gets pulled out from under you because one or, or both of you have uh, a bad credit history. And look, having a bad credit history, making some mistakes, look, I think we've all been there. I think we've all made some mistakes financially, or most of us have. And it doesn't make you a bad person, but when you when you can't start your marriage out with a lie. You can't start your marriage out by keeping secrets and hiding things. So if there's something that needs to be worked on or something that needs to be addressed, it's great to bring it up well beforehand. Say, look, I, I've got some outstanding debts that I need to work on. Um, things that are going to affect our married life together because now, you know, my debts are, are going to affect your life as well. Right. And just figure out how to work on them together. You don't have to do it alone. Right. And, uh, I mean, the, the whole point is that, you know, there, there needs to be an open line of communication. I mean, communication is key. And, and when the communication stops, that's when things definitely go wrong. Both, you know, before a marriage and definitely within a marriage, if, if people are not communicating, then, you know, there, there's no, there's no synchronizing of, of, uh, information and and that causes a lot of problems. Right. I think that's about all for finances. I think, I think that, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, you know, just being money conscious, it's being married is not, it's not easy. But if you take the time to sit down and run out your finances and really talk about it and be honest about it, it makes life a lot easier. And it it doesn't just make it easier early on. It makes it easier the further you go into your marriage as well. Yeah, it definitely helps prevent the stress. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, I think we've uh, we've kicked that horse enough. What's the next one that we're going to talk about? Child rearing. Child rearing. So, um, definitely a big one to discuss, and especially if you need to figure out if you even want to have kids. Of course, that needs to be the first conversation, right? And and this is coming from a point of view of, you know, two individuals who this is their first marriage that they're going into, assuming that you know they're fairly young, um, very vibrant people. Nowadays, you can't just go ahead and assume that because you're getting married, then it's time to settle down and and start having a family. Uh, The conversation definitely needs to go to a point to say, look, here's what I think about children. What are your ideas? What is your plan? Right, definitely no assumptions. Right, absolutely. And um, there's a lot of things that go into that. And I think this is the subject that Kenzie said that, you know, we may need to just turn into a full episode on its own and we may very well do that, but I think we can't overlook some of the, the more minor details in that conversation, which first and foremost is when it comes to the topic of having children, there is always going to be the conversation or needs to be the conversation of how that child is going to be raised. And, and what I mean by how that child is going to be raised is, is the child going to be raised in the home or is the child going to be put in daycare early on. Right. And that's going to also depend on when you plan to have kids. Right. And if you want to set your career aside or if you want to be a stay at home mom or 
figure out what you need to do in order to be successful in that. Absolutely. And look, I mean, there are people out there who are building a life and they're building a career and that career means a lot to them. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that people aren't just going out there and, and, uh, starting a career in a job that they absolutely hate. I think it's a field that, you know, those individuals definitely want to be a part of and be in, and they want to progress in that career field. So it can be an absolutely sensitive topic when you're talking about, you know, timing of having children and, you know, who's going to stay at home or if, if anybody's going to stay at home right? and uh, whose career is going to be affected and who's is not going to be affected. Right. So <clears throat> on that same subject, you know, talking about the child rearing, uh, we're, so we're covering, you know, these subjects. The first and foremost thing is, do you want to have kids? When do you want to have kids? Right. And, and all the little subtopics that go along with that. To go back to finances. Are you financially stable enough to have kids? Because they are expensive. Absolutely. Anybody that says that you can just go out there and have kids and, and everything's going to be hunky-dory is it's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're a flipping liar. <laughs> um, they, they obviously don't know what it takes to raise a child, or should I say raise a child properly. Right. I, I think anybody out there can go and, and have children, but it doesn't mean that they, they're doing it the right way. And look, I don't want to judge anybody's lifestyle and I don't want anybody to feel like I'm judging their lifestyle, but I want people to understand that when it comes to raising a child, you need to do so when you are financially stable to do it. Set yourself up for success, not failure. And and not just yourself. You need to think about the child that you're bringing into the world, right? Do you want to put that child through unnecessary hardship? Do you want to create a bad environment for that child? Right. If you're already straining with finances and in your marriage because of finances, bringing a kid into the mix is not going to solve anything. It will not solve anything. It will not fix your problems. It isn't going to make life have this little glow around it. It's actually going to make things a lot more difficult and you're probably going to find yourself in a very bad way. Right. And again, I, I don't, I'm not judging anybody's lifestyle. I'm not telling anybody what they should or should not do. I'm, I'm simply offering a, a bit of advice and, uh, this is very objective and very heavily opinionated. Um, but I, I am saying that, you know, there are a lot of people out there that's, that tend to do the opposite. They tend to have children and then they want to jump into a, uh, a marriage or they want to, they want to find a little bit of independence. And it's just very difficult to do that. I mean, if you want to do these or if you want to get married, if you want to do these things, then what you need to do is, you know, you need to finish school, do well, you know, go to college or a trade school, start your life, you know, start earning and saving up some money, get married. Right. And then start, you know, a few years down the line, once you guys have been established and, you know, are living a a fairly decent life together and you feel that it's the right time, then you need to talk about having kids at that point. Um, for Kenzie and I, we both came into this marriage already with one child apiece, and uh, that that can be very revealing. But I th- I like to use us as an example because we both have a plethora of experience when it comes to child rearing. I mean, she's had a, a child of her own, and I've had a child of my own, and now we're having a child of ours together. And prior to us agreeing on a time to have that child. There were a lot of times where I had to say no. 
And it, it, it's not a good feeling to look your wife in the eyes and tell her that she can't have something that she desperately wants. You know, she definitely wanted to have another kid. And, and honestly I did too, but I had to, I had to make the, the decision and I had to say, no, we weren't ready for it. We weren't ready for it financially. We weren't in a good living situation uh, at the time. And just things were a little bit chaotic. So saying no is is part of the process, but you have to do so in a manner which is respectful of the other person's feelings. And, you know, you, you need to have a gentle touch with it. And by gentle touch, I mean, you know, don't be, don't be an ass about it, right? Don't stand up and just flat out say no and, and shut the door, slam the door, walk out of the room. You need to, yeah, you need to give, you need to give your thoughts on the reason why you're saying no, and then be willing to listen because there's going to be an ensuing conversation there. There's no way it's not. Yeah. Do you have any other feelings or insights on that? No, I think we about covered that. So we're still talking about child rearing and, uh, that the next big step in that is talk about discipline. Absolutely how you're going to raise your child. Right. And, you know, when we talk about discipline, we're talking about, you know, multifaceted, you know, um, thing here. Discipline is not just, you know, punishment. It's also schooling, how, how you want your child to be taught. It's also religious ideologies, point of views. Um, you know, if you are coming from two different religious viewpoints, you need to have a serious discussion on, you know, how that child is going to be raised, what, what religious viewpoint, you know, are you, are you going to bring that child up with? Um, schooling, schooling's a big deal, you know, making sure that, you know, you have your kid in the right school district or homeschooled or homeschooled. Um, that, that's a, that's a whole separate conversation. And that's one that you have to have personally. That's not one that I can have for anybody else. And I can't really give you too much advice on that. But what I can say is that, you know, you just need to talk about it in the first place because the way that the public school system is, is trending, the way that public universities are trending, there, there's a lot of questionable material that's being passed around right now, and it definitely needs to be discussed. Right. Um, one of the other things that I, I will say is, is kind of a stickler, which also kind of goes into raising children, is political point of view. Um, you know, if, if you and your spouse have opposing political views – you know, it, it's going to be very difficult for you to agree on some very key things. But one of those things that you're going to have a hard time agreeing on is what political point of view are you going to be introducing to your child when they become older? And look, let's let's be adults and let's not say that we're not trying to twist our child's mind or, or bend it towards, you know, our point of view and, and the way that we think we're parents. That's exactly what we do. My parents did it to me. Kenzie's parents did it to her. It, it's just the way that you're raised. You're raised on your parents bias on the, on the bias of your family, on their political points of view. And, uh, so it is going to matter. So you can't just shrug that off and say, well, we'll worry about that. You know, when they're old enough to understand I tell you right now because kids in kindergarten are absolutely being subjected to political ideology in school. I can say that for a fact. Our youngest daughter is just now starting kindergarten, and we've seen a lot of stuff that that's highly questionable material being passed around in school, which can come off as as seriously not the teacher's job. So you're you're going to have to start thinking about pol- politics very early on and, and have that discussion. 
now I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and let my wife take this for a minute. Yeah, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> you could go on that one for a while. Maybe we'll do a separate show on that as well. Maybe if the if they want it. Yeah, let me know <laughs> if you want to hear more on that or just exit out. <laughs> also, I I will take them take a moment to kind of plug our, our social media platforms. If you like what you're hearing at Exploration Marriage. Please go and find us on Twitter at ExplorationMar1. Again, that is ExplorationMar1. That is for Twitter, and I know it sounds weird, but that is the handle that they gave us. And uh, we are also on Patreon. There should be a link to Patreon from this, uh, from the uh, whatever podcast or whatever uh, hosting service you're listening to this on. You should be able to find us. Uh, but if you go to Patreon, you can look us up, Exploration Marriage. Uh, you should be able to find us. The The profile picture should be the same as it is for the cover art. Shouldn't have any issues uh, finding us. And please, you know, we, we want to hear from our listeners. We want to hear what you guys have to say, whether it's a comment about something that we've talked about or whether it's questions that you have. Please hit us up, and I guarantee you we're going to get back to you. We're not We're not too famous. Yep, we got nothing else to do. That's <laughs> so right. We got nothing know. else to do but talk about marriage. So obviously we're bored. Um, <laughs> so again, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Patreon. There's going to be more to come. Uh, Patreon, if you do subscribe to one of the tiers, we are going to be looking at doing a little bit of extra content. Um, as we grow, we are going to be putting up, you know, kind of behind the scenes stuff and and just a lot of content that you're not going to get, you know, just through the podcast. So please go and check that out. Please, uh, support the channel, support our Twitter, go ahead and, uh, connect to us, share this podcast with those of you, uh, those of your friends that you may think would like to listen and, and would appreciate this. And we appreciate everybody who does support us and who is, is going to be actively listening to these podcasts. And now I'm going to stop ranting about our social media and we're going to go ahead and continue on. Um, let's just jump into the third major topic. You okay with that? Uh, did we talk Did we talk about discipline? Yeah, you listed off a whole bunch of different stuff. But did we talk about like the actual punishment aspect? No, because that's the one you're going to go on for a long I, time. I, I won't go on forever, but I, I do feel like we, we owe it to the listeners to at least talk about the punishment real quick before we move on. Make sure you are on the same page when it comes to children's punishments. Absolutely. Discuss, and even if you aren't on the same page going into it, when you go to find a punishment for your child... You can always take the time to discuss it then. And even if it's like, hey, you're in trouble, we'll get back to you in a minute with your punishment, and then you can sit and talk about it with your spouse. Absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of a lot of people out there. I know for myself, I was one early on. Um, I, I was more of the, as soon as something happens, you know, kind of jump on the situation and administer punishment, you know, immediately on the spot. Then again, that's how I was raised. And look, I, I just want to say I didn't turn out to be a bad person, but I do think that the way that my dad went about doing things was fairly excessive. So it's always a good idea to take a step back, you know, especially if you get pretty heated or you get angry and walk away, give yourself time to think and cool down and come at it from a fresh mindset and fresh perspective 
talk to your significant other, you guys come to an accord on how you want to deal with that situation and then move forward with the punishment. Look, the kids aren't going anywhere. Hopefully. I mean, unless they're like climbing (laughs) out the windows or something, but the kids aren't going anywhere. So you'll have plenty of time to punish them later. You know, you don't have to get your licks in right then and there. Um, so I, I do, I definitely agree with what my wife is saying. And and if anything, she's made me a kinder, more gentler person, uh, behind the scenes. I I am still a little standoffish (laughs) outside of the house, but I'm working on that too. Um, so as far as punishment is concerned, you know, those are the conversations that you need to have. And the one final dynamic with the, the punishment conversation that I think we do need to address real quick because we are both living it is step parent punishment yeah if you're going into your marriage with a kid already it's definitely important to establish your authority with the child and discuss with your spouse how you will go about parenting them absolutely um step parenting is not easy it's not easy one way or another you know whether you are the parent of the child and the step parent is coming in and, and trying to fill a, a role in that child's life. It, it can all, uh, it can be very stressful when the other person wants to take over doing punishment or wants to administer punishment. And, and it's just, it, it can be, it can be strenuous. It can be something that stresses the relationship. So definitely have that conversation. And, and again, come to a consensus, come to an accord on how you want to administer that punishment or how you want to go about introducing that step parent as an authority figure in the life of the stepchildren. Right. Um, and, and look again, it's, it's never an easy, easy thing to be a step parent. And so it, it has to be done with a, again, a gentle touch. Yeah, for sure. So that I think about covers it on that. And, um, for topic number three, topic number three, careers, careers. All right. So this one is kind of piggybacking off of, you know, the, the child rearing, um, I, I believe, right. You know, we did yeah, kind we, of discuss careers a little bit. Yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead and kind of lead off on that one? Kind of. Yeah. You'll definitely need to sit down and discuss what your plan is for the future. Right. Whether you plan on staying in your, in the career you have, whether you plan on changing careers how far you see yourself going in your career right now. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, look, in, in the in the process of marriage, you know, things are going to change. You know, jobs, uh, positions are going to change. Um, things can happen. Right. Um, Location of your job. You may, moving in together, need to try and find a place that's closer to one person's career and or say they got a promotion and they have to move somewhere else. You've got to definitely have that discussion about how you're going to support the other through that. Yeah. And I mean, we might as well just kind of cut through all the BS and just say it. I mean, really you've got to prioritize and look at whose career is going to be the most beneficial to the relationship. Right. It doesn't mean that you don't value your, your spouse uh, or in their career or their, their uh, goals any less, but we're, we're talking about, you know, being as economically sound as possible, which means making smart decisions, right? Um, there is a time and a place to follow your dreams. There is a time and a place to, you know, seek out your hobbies, but you know, you, you don't want to mess around with life. Life is, 
is crazy and will throw you curveballs at the most unexpected times. So being financially stable and sound is always a great decision to make. And that comes in the form of having a, a great career, a great job that is going to provide that kind of financial stability for you and for your family. Right. And if you choose to go with one person's career and make them the sole income for the family or for the two of you, then you need to not keep score about that. Do not hold that over the other person and give grace. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no lording things over, over other people in the relationship. I mean, that's just, that's frankly, it's just not healthy period. You know, we're, and like Kenzie said, you know, keeping score, I mean, that's, it's kind of a rotten thing to do. It's you should never, yeah, you should never be in a competition with your spouse. You should be a team. You should be supporting one another. And it's never good to ask somebody or it's never easy to ask somebody to give up on their dreams or give up on their career that they've worked so hard for. Or to put it on hold even. Right. But in the interest of making that relationship work and in the interest of doing what's right financially for you and for your spouse, sometimes that conversation needs to be had. And the one thing, like Kenzie said, that you need to remember is that it needs to be done with grace. And again, I'm going to say it, a soft touch. <laughs> everything needs to be done with the soft touch. Yeah, everything needs to be gentle. Don't go in <laughs> raging and, hey, we're going to go with my career. We're moving. That's that. Right. Definitely a good one to discuss. Are you ready to move on to that next one? I think we I think we hit that one pretty good. Yeah. I don't have anything else. So what's the next one? Intimacy. Oh, good old intimacy. This is uh so this one again is just a, another multifaceted thing that you know we need to talk about. And there is gonna be absolutely another episode on intimacy both the physical intimacy and the emotional intimacy in a relationship. But this, this here kind of is a, a broad overview. Right. So as far as the intimacy conversation uh, that you need to have prior to being married, why don't you go ahead and lead that one off? And you may already be or have been with the person long enough that you already know this about each other, but it never hurts to discuss it again. But definitely figuring out each other's love language. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, intimacy in, in a relationship, uh, there's, there can be an ebb and flow to it, right? Uh, new relationships, very young relationships, you know, tend to, and, and I know they say this all the time, you know, kind of the, the honeymoon phase mm-hmm. of the marriage where the first, you know, first couple of years is often very blissful under most circumstances or in some circumstances. And then it kind of tends to fizzle out, fizzle out. You know, and so intimacy is not just the the physical um, action of making love or being together in a sexual nature, but it is also it is about the the feelings. It's about the love languages. It's about understanding the needs emotionally uh, of each person. Right. And look, you know, frankly, I don't care what any guy says out there. You know, it, I, I don't care who they are. They do absolutely have emotional needs. Right. Well, if you're jumping into a marriage, you obviously need something from that person. Right. Absolutely. And uh, 
just want to point one thing out or bring one thing up, you know, for young couples that are, are going out and getting married, and this is your first time being married, I, I highly recommend that you pick up this book. It's by Dr. Emerson Egritz, and it's called Love and Respect. And uh, the respect he desperately needs, but um, you know, it's a it's a fantastic book. It really does lay out, you know, kind of this this whole um, this whole dynamic dynamic here when you're talking about um, when you're talking about intimacy, when you're talking about affection, affection. You know, it, it definitely it touches on those issues, right? Women are need to be emotionally stimulated. They need to have that affection in a, in a marriage that, that love and men need to feel respected and it breaks down, you know, those, those entire dynamics. And really it's, it's just great reading. It's good advice. And it's something that, you know, the people that have been married 20 years should pick up and read if they haven't. And, you know, people that are just going to get married should most certainly be doing all the research they possibly can and preparing for their lives together. Right. It's marriage is work and you got to put in the effort. It, it is some of the hardest work and it's, it's not just, you know, 20 years and you get your retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I think if that were the case, people would be a little bit happier and, and a little bit more willing to uh, stick it out and not get divorced. But marriage is definitely tough work and it's, it's for life. You know, when you take those vows, um, I think some people might be changing their vows, but you know, usually till death do you part is really, <laughs> really how that's how it goes goes. that's how it's supposed to go but again no judgment here I mean you're you're listening to a couple of people that have gone through some very tumultuous relationships and uh we have now found one another or we found one another a while ago yeah and now we're you know we're bringing that we're bringing those those very serious conversations you know the the aspects of marriage that people you know rarely want to talk about we're kind of bringing those up, but look, you know, this, this podcast isn't going to be all, you know, serious. I I think Kenzie and I, one of the greatest things about us or our relationship is just how much we goof off. Yeah. Our humor definitely brought us together. Our humor definitely brought us together and it, and it keeps us together, you know, among other things. But you know, if you can't, if you're not rolling on the floor laughing about to piss your pants every once in a while from, you know, just you and your, your spouse, you know, um, you got to find a way to <laughs> rejuvenate your relationship because it, it shouldn't just be serious. You guys should be able to laugh and, and crack up and have a good time together. And look, I, I bring some very childish behavior to this relationship, but no, <laughs> <laughs> I know it makes Kenzie laugh, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's really annoying. It's usually a laugh and an eye roll. That's good enough for me. <laughs> My ego it. does not get any smaller <laughs> if you roll your eyes. You know, maybe it should. I don't know. But, I mean, the point is that, you know, you, you need to have fun with it. You need to have fun with your marriage. You need to have fun with your spouse. You need to you need to enjoy those good times because those, those good times are going to be the things that you're going to be able to look back on when things get rough. And things are going to get rough. Your marriage is going to be tested. And that's not a matter of opinion. That's a matter of fact. Your marriage will be tested at some point. Yeah. And I think we also would encourage you to continue to date your spouse. Why don't you uh, go into a little bit of detail on that? Um, 
sometimes after people get married, they don't feel like they need to try as hard to impress the other person because they already have them. So I think definitely, I mean, obviously you're not going to text the other person, hey, I hope you're sleeping well when they're <laughs> laying right next to you, but definitely keep the flames going. Well, definitely not if they're laying right next to you. I mean, I can always reach over and, and kind of poke you and or... Wake you up, hey, how are you sleeping? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I used to I used to work a job where I would get off really late. And so Kenzie and I wouldn't see each other for most of the day. And so I would come home and I would be tired. <laughs> and I would basically I would eat dinner. And then, you know, like I would just want to relax, relax, you know, kind of chill out for a little bit because it was late at night and believe it or not, I still had to get up pretty early to go to work. So, you know, I I would try and relax for a little bit. And so, you know, we'd go upstairs and go to bed. Right. And me, when I say it's (laughs) night, night time, he lays down (laughs) and passes out. (laughs) It's night, night time. It's not time for conversation. So, you know, like my, my habit is, you know, I'll roll over on my side and I'll close my eyes and and fall right asleep. Not right asleep, but like I'll, I'll think of, you know. You're in your process of thinking about what you want to dream about through the night. Exactly. And <laughs> it takes me a while to sort through that selection, right? <laughs> uh, anyways, so, you know. My like wife. I, I would be. My wife. No. My wife. No. Usually it's like. <laughs> Jet skis, trucks, <laughs> somewhere off by myself. Oh, by yourself. Well, given In the a story, log cabin. Yeah, given the story, I, I think they'll they'll kind of agree. But so anyways, I'm rolled over. I'm laying there. I'm getting ready to go to sleep or I, I'm in the process of, of actually falling asleep. <laughs> like I'm right there. My toe is in REM sleep and I'm about to pass through that sweet threshold of night night. Uh-huh. And I feel her move and she rolls over faces me and she's like um how was your day <laughs> let's have a conversation i don't think i talk like that but okay. well i can't do i can't do your voice very accurately but look i mean so because i because i didn't come home and spill my guts about my day she is one of those people that you know is, is stimulated by knowing what's going on with me and me I'm, you know, I, I was, I was closed off, you know, I could come home and I could sit there and I could say the, hi, how are you? And give you a hug and a kiss and then go sit down and I'd be perfectly fine, you know, <laughs> which is rude, by the way, I should be asking my wife, I should be asking my wife about how her day was, but I didn't. And so she would wait, <laughs> she would wait until wait I was till almost asleep and then she would roll over wait and fire till up a conversation. there's no defense up. <laughs> oh, there was a defense, but it was too tired to, to do anything, you know? So, <clears throat> look, I will say there are things about people that are going to frustrate you, no matter how much you love somebody. <laughs> and that was one of the things I I think annoyed that the crap out of him. It annoyed the crap out of me. And it, you know what? I could almost set my timer by it, too, really. <laughs> I knew as soon as the lights went off and I rolled over and I got really freaking comfortable, she was going to strike up a conversation. <laughs> And there were days like I thought, like, I was like, man, all I got to do is fart in this bed and she'll get up and go somewhere else. (laughs) But no, it it didn't happen. And uh, the conversations were had 
maybe not as enthusiastically as she might have wanted, but they were had. Well, you lay down and start to think about going to sleep. I lay down and think about everything that happened during the day. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know what happened during your day. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like missing puzzle pieces to an overall puzzle, and she can't just let that go. No, definitely not. Yep. Which I, I get, I understand to an extent. I still think it's crazy that you want to strike up a, a conversation when the lights are out, you know, and I'm, I'm comfortable, but she doesn't do it anymore. That's, that's another good thing, but that is because, you know, we spend a lot of time together, so I don't think she has to put any puzzle pieces in, in <laughs> no, place. Kind of know how your day is already. She already has it all. Yeah. So look, I mean, you know, it's little things like that. It, it's, it's annoying, but it's also funny. You kind of look back on it. I, I think we were having a it conversation. It makes you love me even more, doesn't it? Stop trying to put words in my mouth. <laughs> I love you just fine. <laughs> right. I, I know we did have this conversation the other day, but I was telling her, like, I could always tell when she was trying to break the silence, break the ice, <laughs> because she'll come up to me, and if, like, we're not currently engaged in a conversation and several minutes have passed of silence, you know, and she wants to say something, it always starts with, um, <laughs> I don't even know that I'm doing it. And, and to me, I, I told her, I was like, I feel like you're setting the, the pitch of the conversation. <laughs> like you're trying to get it just right. Like, um, um, it's never that long, but it's never that long, but I, probably in your head it is. No, I don't even realize I'm doing okay. It. Maybe in my head it is. Okay. Probably. <laughs> Anyways, um, definitely got off topic there, but yeah, but there are a lot of things in marriage that, you know, you, you have to laugh about, you have to. Yeah. And, uh, I think just a little bit of, of a lighthearted, you know, kind of ribbing of one another and, you know, just kind of joking around and she gets on to me about stuff that I do and my childish behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we laugh about a lot of stuff. Oh, we are always laughing, but I digress. Anyways, thanks for getting us off topic. That's okay. Uh, where are we at? Um, I think we're moving on to life as a team. Life as a team. I think we, we slightly covered this. Yeah, we this, hit on that a little bit. But it, I think this is one of those good points that we can reemphasize. Right. Definitely living together, you're going to learn a lot about each other if you aren't already living together before you take the plunge and get into your marriage. Right. And again, like, let's just state the obvious. You're going from an individual unit to a duo. You are now a team, right? And if there are kids involved, you're even more of a team, right? Yeah. And everything that you do, you need to do together. You need to have each other's backs no matter what. You know, and that's with finances. That's in the good times and the bad times, like the vows say. Yeah. And so you just need to sit down and talk about how that is going to look for the both of you. Whether you will need some time alone during the day or like once a week or go out and do your own thing. Definitely discuss that. Right. Um, Kenzie hates it when I say this, but, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. And, and it really gets, it gets... <laughs> I'm not going to do that here. I may do it on Twitter, but I'm not going to do it here. Um, but yeah, no, that it really helps you to get through the day. And it's good. It's good to know that when you come home at the end of the day and you just had a, a really just a terrible day, 
it's good to know that there's somebody there waiting for you that has your back or somebody that's going to be coming home and has your back. Right. And uh, that team dynamic that goes into everything. Um, division of labor in the household. Mm-hmm. It's not the 1950s anymore. You know, men the nuclear family. Men can sit and wash dishes. Yes, men can sit and wash dishes. They can do the laundry. They can sweep and mop the floors. They can do all of that stuff. It's it's not the 1950s. The nuclear family dynamic, it really, it's it's faded away. You know, you have two income households all over the place. Um, so, you know, using the term breadwinner can, it can be archaic. Right. You know, let's just be honest. Um, we talk about division of labor. We're talking about, you know, household chores, you know, and look, just pitching in, you know, for, for a man to get up and just voluntarily go wash the dishes or for a man to get up and do something for his wife, it, it's, it's probably one of the sexiest things alive there you go i wasn't gonna say it but (laughs) (coughs) guys score a lot of brownie points when they when they get off their rump and they go and do something for their wife to to help alleviate some of you know some of her burden as well now i say her burden but it's not really her burden it's our burden right but you know in certain dynamics you know in certain family how or in certain households you know the the wife will stay home or the husband will stay home and uh they, they tend to take on a lot of the household chores while their other, their significant other is at work uh, doing what they do, bringing money into the house. But just because you bring money into the house does not mean that you have the overriding authority. Right. Does know? not mean you have the right to come home and sit on your ass. Well, you do for a few minutes. <laughs> for, you get 30 seconds and then your time's uh, up. You, you, get, you get at least a good solid 10. <laughs> 10 seconds? Minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hours. Just leave me alone until tomorrow. <laughs> and then you'll say that tomorrow. That's right. Um, so definitely expectations within the household. Yeah, teamwork. I mean, Don't so me. sit down, discuss a plan, right? Discuss, you know, who's going to do what in the house. If you guys need to make a, a list of chores that need to be done. or Some of us are planners and list makers and like to be able to check that stuff off. And honestly, I think it's a, a good accountability booster. Um, God, I can't believe I just said that. But, you know, it helps to keep account of the things that are, are being done around the house. And again, this isn't a competition. So when somebody says like, oh, I've, I did the dishes last night, it's your turn. Or I've done the dishes for the past six nights. Or I always do the laundry. It, it's It's really not fair because when you think about the dynamic of the household, you have to look at how the other person is contributing and what they're doing and hopefully is contributing and using a soft touch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean that, that pretty much covers, you know, the whole team dynamic. I mean, have each other's backs mm-hmm. also have each other's backs when it comes to your crazy ass families. Yes. In-laws. In-laws will try and, and divide and, and conquer when it comes to uh, your, your spouse if you got really lucky out there and you love your in-laws, congratulations. Yeah, I I mean, and I'm not saying I don't like my in-laws. I, I love my in-laws, but, you know, everybody's got crazy people in their family. Everybody's got people that, you know, do and say crazy things, and it can create a little bit of stress in that relationship. So make sure that you are standing behind your spouse or, or right next to your spouse. You know, I don't want to create a dynamic that, you know, somebody Here, is get behind in me, second babe. place. <laughs> Even if I got behind you, Kenzie, I would still lord over you. A little bit. 
but you know, the, the truth and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, there, there should be no choosing sides against your spouse unless your spouse is acting absolutely batty. And, and by batty, I mean crazy. Then set them straight. Then you need to have an honest conversation and say, look, I, I, I think you're, you're going about this the wrong way. And here are the reasons why I think you're doing that. And again, Give use that soft, soft touch. touch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, it can be, you know, all these matters can be really sensitive, especially when family and feelings and other things are involved. And look, you, you just got to do everything you can to ensure or reassure your spouse that, you know, no, this isn't a personal attack, but this is me trying to communicate with you and let you know or let you let you in on what I've been observing. Right. And definitely with that, you need to know how to resolve conflict. And Absolutely. definitely like I know you and I are a little bit opposite on this. You like to sit down and get it figured out right then. I like to sit and think about it and then get back to you once I've collected my thoughts. I, yeah, no, and, and that's right. You know, there people have different styles of conflict resolution. And over the years, I, I tell you that my position is, is I don't like the knowledge that there is a rift between us. And when you walk out of the room... When we're upset, when you need a break, right? I understand it from your perspective, but in the moment I'm like, no, come back here. Let's talk. Let's, let's hash this out. Let's do it. Let's kiss and make up. Pretty much. Yeah. Cause I, I just want it to be over. I don't want you mad at me. I, I, I want us to continue or being upset at me for something or vice versa. You know, me being upset. Right. Um, be upset at your perfect angelic wife. Yeah, well, lucky for you, when you wake me up in the middle of the night to have a conversation, <laughs> I can roll over and go back to sleep, which is pretty much like slamming the door in your face. Yeah, I guess so. So I, I don't have to walk out of the room <laughs> physically. I just have to tune you out a little bit. Um, uh-huh, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, sure. Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> terrible, terrible news. Um, but, yeah, uh, conflict resolution is a big deal. Listen, everybody knows, and I, I think I, I said it at the very beginning of the podcast, but communication is key. It's paramount to success in any relationship. You holding your feelings inside because you, you're you're worried about how your spouse or your significant other is going to react. receive or react to your um, to your feelings, it's not healthy. So if your spouse is not if they're not in a mindset to receive that kind of criticism, or if you feel like they're, they're not going to be understanding, then you definitely need to find a way to mediate or have a mediator to help you discuss that or find, I don't know, you know, what I am saying is that, you know, it seems like there are in some cases people that just, they don't want to address those issues. Right. And if you feel like a marriage counselor is right for you, then do that. There is no judgment on that. And marriage counseling, look, I don't care what anybody outside of your relationship says. They can all pound sand. They can piss off. Marriage counseling is not for defeated people. It is for people that are looking to solve an issue that they otherwise cannot solve on their own. And there is no shame in that whatsoever. There's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in seeking out guidance to help you with things that you do not know or do not understand. There is not an instruction manual that comes with marriage. So anytime you need help... Ask for it. Absolutely. Don't just sit there and allow your marriage to fail because of your pride, because you don't want your friends to look at you any differently. 
if your friends can't understand and support you and what you're going through or support the fact that you're, you're looking for help, then they're not really your friends, are they? They're, they're people who are in competition with you and they're, they're jabbing at you. But I guarantee you right now, your friend's relationship isn't perfect. They're probably fighting like cats and dogs behind closed doors. There, there's, are, there's a lot of stuff that people hide behind the facade of a, of a smiling face. Right. So it's really none of their business. And what is your business Facebook. is what your business is, is maintaining a healthy relationship with your spouse and seeking out the help and the guidance when you need it. Right. Absolutely. And Kenzie did bring up a good point. She did talk about social media. And I just want to bring that up as social media and relationships. That is another thing that given our current generation and, and how technology has developed and all these social media platforms and applications that we have now that we have on these computer devices that we have in our pockets known as cell phones that are probably irradiating every, every part of our genitals. But you sound like you're from the like stone age. Okay, look, that's not nice. You you can't just sit there and call me old. (laughs) That's not nice. No, what I'm saying is, well, they essentially are. They're they're computers, but it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that, you know, social media is another thing that needs to be discussed. Do you or do you not share a social media platform? I mean, that's definitely just to each their own. I mean, definitely don't need another thing or another way to hide stuff from your spouse. If you're hiding stuff, you shouldn't be. Listen, there are pl- plenty of people that have gotten in trouble for cheating and infidelity over social media, right. right? And I'm not saying that you have to combine your accounts together, but it's a it's a very dangerous dangerous game when people are hiding information from their spouse. Agreed. That's all I'm saying, and we don't have joint social media accounts and that was our decision. That was our choice. But, but if you were to g- want to get on, I'd be like, yeah, here, you, well, you, you can get into my phone no matter what. I know. No. But you know, that open honesty and that transparency and also trust in a relationship, right? right? You trust. have to have trust. You can't just dive into it and be like, oh, let me see your phone. Let me see your phone. <laughs> oh, Open he left his phone. phone on the table. I'm just going to try chasing and your, you know, chasing your husband or your wife or your significant other Locking down the road, you know, trying bathroom. to, trying to get their face for their face ID. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any of those videos? <laughs> no. The woman, like the dude's like dodging the face ID and she's like trying to put the phone in his face. No, He's like dodging back and forth. <laughs> it's like bobbing and weaving. It's great. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I mean, trust, trust that, you know, your, your spouse is doing the right thing. And of course, you really shouldn't go into a relationship with any sort of distrust. But if you are having feelings or emotions or you, you feel that something's off, you need to bring it up right away. Right. You don't need to hide those feelings. Don't fester on it. Don't, yeah, don't let, those, don't let those feelings fester. Don't let them grow. Uh, because that, that for you creates a, a more hostile dynamic the longer you let that set. And if your partner's getting defensive or if your significant other is getting defensive about you bringing up those questions then, I mean, that's, that's tough because sometimes they're going to feel like, oh, well, you're, you're jumping to conclusions. Like, no, I, oh, I, you don't trust me. Right. But what they need to understand is that, you know, they need to understand the feelings of the other person. Right. I, I, this, again, this is all goes back to those soft touches and understanding the soft touch. Oh my they, God. <laughs> they need to, they need to be understanding of those feelings and they need to help get that person or their significant other to move past those feelings. And by doing so, or by 
creating that sense of trust, you know, it, it, it helps to move that feeling out of the way and, and push that relationship forward. Look, there are plenty of people out there that have been done wrong, have right. dealt with infidelity. They've dealt with people hiding stuff and keeping secrets. Right. Definitely and trust issues mean that you need to help reassure them. And well, it might be yeah. annoying, but if it's what they need and if it what it's what you both need to be successful in your relationship, then definitely partake in that. Trust issues can can seem very bad. They can seem negative. But look, when somebody's trust has been broken, when it's been breached before, it's not easy to rebuild that trust. And that's not just in, you know, the person that broke the trust, but it's in other people as well, right? Because now they have the fear, especially in a relationship that's been breached before, they have a fear inside of them that it's going to happen to them again, that if they fully put their trust in someone, that they're going to take advantage of that trust and they're going to go off and, and, you know, repeat bad behaviors. Right. Um, so, you know, it, trust building is something that needs to happen in a relationship. You can't get annoyed by it. You can't get impatient. You have to soft touch. You have to take care of the other person's feelings and help them get past that, that, that lack of trust. Right. So social media, that's, that's totally up to, to, the individual couple and uh, and let them discuss that and how they're going to operate their social media platforms and, you know, being open and honest, you know, in, in today's digital age where there have been a lot of people that have gotten caught cheating on Facebook, cheating on Snapchat, you know, social media is, is great for connecting and establishing, you know, relationships with people who are, at long distance that you don't get to see on a regular basis. And uh, so, you know, you just, you have to be careful. That, yeah. That's, that's one thing. I agree. So I, I think that about wraps us up, right? Yeah. We, we finished off all for today. All those topics, they're all done and, and gone. So I want to say uh, in leaving this and I, I don't, I don't want to speak for the both of us and I, I guess I should let my wife talk a little bit too, but I do want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who is listening to this podcast, who is uh, joining us on social media. Those of you who are participating with us and, and enjoying the show, just thank you so much for supporting us. We and, appreciate uh, you. Yeah, we, we definitely appreciate you. I mean, obviously marriages and, and people in relationships and people in general are the reason why we do this. Um, just again, I want to I want to plug the social media. Again, we can be found on Twitter at explorationmar1. Again, that's at explorationmar1. You can come and uh, join us there. Uh, follow us on Twitter um, and you know talk to us, send us questions, comments. You know, interface with us a bit. You can also find us on Patreon. Uh, again, that is Exploration Marriage, and you can find us there and connect with us. Again, Patreon is, is something that we're going to be growing over the, the lifespan of this podcast. Uh, we're going to be looking to do some videos, some some live stream events, I, I believe, uh, in the future. And we're going to be putting up exclusive content for Exploration Marriage, where I think Kenzie and I are going to start asking each other some pretty personal questions and putting those up for the whole world, or at least those that subscribe at Patreon. Uh, to uh, to get involved with. Um, for now, I think that's it. I think we're done here. I I think all that's left to do is for us to 
sign off and once again say thank you and uh, we hope you guys have a blessed day.